Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Good morning and welcome to Community Connect with Ed Weiner and Greg McHenry on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. We're also streaming live at all the W's ocrfm.org.au. I would like to acknowledge the Wadawurrung people who are the traditional owners of the land we're recording on today and pay my respects to their elders both past and present and as well as the emerging. I'd also like to acknowledge any First Nations people who may be listening. How are you today, Eddie? I'm really well, thank you, Greg. Sitting here via Zoom again and you're nursing our newly acquired dog. Toots, yep. And um, Toots loves radio. They loves radio. <laughs> and songs and, and music. Yeah, we're doing that via Zoom once again because we are keeping our physical distancing over, even though we're a lot better now, 18 days in a row, zeros, it's fantastic it in is, Victoria. It is. We're doing well here. But, uh, anyway, this week, uh, well, we're in the middle of it. It's Transgender Awareness Week. And it's an important time for the LGBTIQ plus calendar because it raises the visibility of trans people around the world. And so today we're going to be having a back-to-back chat. So the first one's going to be with... Well, with Kai Haywood, and uh, so I'll say firstly, good day to you, Kai, and uh, how are you? Yeah, good. Yourself? All right. Now, you've uh, when we first met you, Kai, you were under a different name, so we're we're getting used to it, and we're also yeah. getting used to the pronoun side of it. So, how are you anyway? Yeah, doing well. Um, I must admit, the the mess of twenty twenty has left me a wee bit exhausted um but i'm starting to on and off recover i guess now, <laughs> but, you're um, not, sorry you're not talking about bushfires and covid are you the, the 2020 armageddon no no <laughs> so what are you alluding to oh, yeah. <laughs> everything <laughs> I think COVID has been very hard for a lot of people. Um, I think so. I think so. Feeling I think the whole year has been quite difficult mm. um, with bushfires because arguably even before COVID, a lot of us were, I know myself, I was in and out of isolation because of asthma and various other things. I couldn't go outside because my lungs would just, as you'd probably appreciate, my lungs would just not hack the smoke and the pollution levels. So, and yeah, with COVID, the crap show of 2020, yeah, it's it's been a fun year. Right, so now why we, we mentioned, I mentioned your name change, Kai. Why did you change your name? That's another part of 2020, isn't it? Yeah, well, 2019, 2020, arguably, it's been a long process, years in the making. Um, For me, I think my previous name, even though there were some elements of pride in it for me, there was also a lot of bad memories and past hurts Um, and most to do with just not accepting me for me like any other trans or person of of the rainbow so to speak 
goes through. We all go through that process. Um, but yeah, for me, the name change was very significant. And I think I picked the name, I shortened my, my previous name to KI. And that actually has a very significant meaning in Korean. It, it can either pr be pronounced Ki or Kai. Um, I, pr I prefer Kai, um, but I picked it because it actually means to begin. To begin. And so it began, you're now admitting to one of the things that what, what the week's about is talking about the prejudice that is on trans people. Yet you've inferred there, Kai, that you've had that, well, a prejudice against yourself and that you're, you've had that battle with yourself about your trans, let alone the prejudice that is experienced by you as a trans person from the community. So exactly. better expand on both of those because I think they're relevant. Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> I think this is multi-pronged for me and many other people with a disability who are LGBTIQA as well. Um, first and foremost, there's always the stigma toward people with disabilities, the assumptions toward people with disabilities. Um, in some cases, the hatred of people with a, with a disability and, you know, the, um, the fear that some of us have to be actually be able to be ourselves, to go out, do the basic things that every human deserves to do, you know, work, study, get a house, get the car, get married or whatever, <clears throat> whatever you want to happen in your life. Um, to battle the societal expectations that those aspects aren't a part of a person with a disability's life when in fact they are. But then if you move on to, and this is a discussion about intersectionality, how this affects um, other areas of the life as well, you know, disability and sexuality, it's often assumed that people with disabilities are not sexual beings or conversely that we're out of control <laughs> no <laughs> no and conversely with that also is the assumption that we're not capable of having loving meaningful respectful relationships however those relationships take place whether they be friendships whether they be intimate relationships whatever form they take shape in as well um, and so many just blanket assumptions about disability and sexuality and relationships. Um, but conversely, on top of that, when you bring up the rainbow community, it's also the assumption that all people with disabilities are straight and cis, meaning straight and happy as the gender they are. Again, no, example. <laughs> yes. Example, <laughs> queer and trans. <laughs> yeah, right. <Where> is that? <laughs> okay. in, that, in that way, you're talking about that even within that, what we'll call the umbrella, for the, the TG, the transgender, there's even a discrimination under the umbrella. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there's always an element of ableism, I guess, both within the community, which... Often when it comes to rainbow issues, 
people with a disability within the community where we make up, you know, a small sliver of that, but we're often completely ignored, which affects many things, which affects our social interactions, which affects our access to appropriate, appropriate healthcare services, um, accessibility in all forms. And I'm not just talking physical accessibility, I'm talking about physical accessibility, social accessibility, emotional accessibility, all, all the accessibility. <laughs> um, and therefore that affects our quality of life, um, which often, for many queer, queer and trans people with a disability, that often ends up in poor health outcomes. Can, can we, you better give us a, a rundown on trans people. I know that, um, or what, what is a trans person? Because I know that within my family years ago, there was one of the people within the, the kindred people had sort of been put away because they were what was then known to be as hermaphrodite, which is where a person is born with both sets of genitals, I understand. Yeah, so that term is actually no longer socially acceptable. The, yeah. the, the term to use for that is intersex, which means a person can be born with any uh, combination of um, genetic or um, chromosomal or sex characteristics yeah. it can be a it can be a mishmash of a whole lot of factors um and it's all genetic and and from from birth um so yeah so the the term to use for that is intersex so when it comes to transgender um trans okay so you've got cisgender cisgender is someone who is at peace with and like everything fits from you know the sex they were assigned at birth everything fits like you admit when you're a cis woman you're I'm happy living as a woman you're a proud woman you know and you embrace it whereas a trans person there is a disconnect yes there is a disconnect with your gender up here and your your sex meaning you know boy girl all that junk <laughs> yeah um, there is a disconnect um which often i mean it, it can vary for a lot of people how this kind of affects a person but it can often end up in varying levels of dysphoria for a person as well um Meaning, again, it's just that discomfort with that disconnect from sex and assigned sex and gender as well. So if when, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So when, when, the, when the head starts telling you that the, the body is not, not right, at what age does this, this sort of thing happen? You know, what is your story in that regard? Look... Across the board, it can happen for anyone at any stage in their life. I mean, you can have that realisation. I always knew I was a, from year dot. Or other people like myself will have a gradual realisation and the, oh crap, moment 
I've got to do something about this, mm. which was me. <laughs> mm. um, you know, I spent years fig figuring out myself from late childhood to, you know, early adulthood, um, you know, and I, I went through years of identifying as, you know, I, I thought I was, you know, I, I'm straight, I'm straight. And then, no, no, I had crushes and likings and stuff as a kid that were just more more powerful than the average kind of crush if you understand what i mean yeah um towards those of my female peers as well um and you know i was confused as anything for most of my teenage years because of it uh, but it wasn't until probably after I left high school that I started to have the courage to actually explore that side of myself. Um, and then inevitably sort of 2007, 2008, came out as bisexual, thought I was both. Um, then later down the track, again, figured it out that that wasn't the case at all. Um, then came out as lesbian um was a proud lesbian for quite a while thought i was a proud lesbian and woman for quite a while you know i was overdoing the the femininity for quite a while and then i was overdoing the butch thing for quite a while i was overdoing everything and trying to prove myself um trying to find yourself trying to find myself but also i was yeah but i was but I was trying to overprove that I'm a woman, I'm this, I'm that, mm. when I knew for a fact I never was. Mm. There was a lot of signs as a kid that I look back on now and I'm thinking, what? I mean, I, I grew up in a... <laughs> this feels weird saying this, but I grew up in a different generation of... The, the early, late 90s, early 2000s, when it was mm. still fairly conservative. Um, and I grew up in Ballarat as well. Yeah. So, and also growing up with a disability with even more conservative expectations of someone with a disability back then, I was just trying to follow what people thought was the norm for me. Mm. Like, this is the way I'm meant to be and that's that. So um, you're caught up in this in what was probably an internal maelstrom of of what the hell and how did you or who do you turn to or did you have any support at all Kai? Um, I must say early on um, not a lot and I mean I didn't have the confidence to go as far as discussing any of these issues with any of my peers or school counsellors um, or even, you know, my, my parents to a degree, even though looking back, I think my mother always knew something different. There was something different about me. Um, and I think she was going to love me no matter what. But dad was always the antagonist in the way that, you know, anytime we'd have a debate about, LGBTI issues or I know back then we had a lot of fiery debates about you know gay marriage and all that sort of stuff 
and I, w- I was always passionate for and he was always against mm. because he was brought up strict Roman Catholic. That's not a thing, etc., etc. And um, at the end of each argument, I'd always get the, so is there something you want to tell me? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. But at the age of 23, when I did eventually kind of tell him something was up, he would never borrow it. He's like, no, you're not. You've always talked about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Why did you ask those questions then? That's that's a bit of the the fear factor or not not truly having the education, not understanding and... Too new, maybe, too, or too Catholic or too new. But I, I also question as well, like, if he didn't know or is denying the fact, mm. then why the constant questioning was, did he actually suspect something? Oh, no, maybe, yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, I, as I said, I, I think, and my mum's, my up, up yonder now, she's she's looking over us. Over the gone over the rainbow. Gone over the rainbow, indeed. Um, but um, yeah, I think inherently she she always knew that I was I was pretty different to, to my peers. I also think back then there wouldn't have been any education. No, the teachers probably wouldn't have known what to talk about at school. Yeah, well, I, I mean. Back then as well, like, oh, it was only toward the time I completed year 11 and 12 that they started talking about the introduction of what they called back then was same-sex attracted youth group to the exclusion of all others, oh. same-sex attracted youth group. It should just be inclusive youth group. Yeah, but mind you, this was the era of the early 2000s and it was Ballarat. Yeah. Well, when we talk about our, when we were your age or that age back in the 60s and the 70s, it was even more archaic. You know, you've become, well, through all of this, Kai, you've become an educator and an advocate and you do actually go out there and help others and talk. So how does that go and what are you doing in that regard? Yeah, so last year I was actually doing a lot of that sort of stuff. This year has been a bit dormant with everything going on. Mm. I've really taken a lot of me time this year to recover. But um, over the last sort of (coughs) two years previous to the mess that that is 2020, (laughs) I was doing with a whole lot of colleagues a lot of um, diversity um, education workshops for and and me presenting from lived experience of it obviously yes um, about just sort of diversity training but also specifying that diversity training for um, NDIS for disability service providers for mental health service providers so on and so forth I think that's um, wonderful yeah, yeah. It, was, it was big. Um, I remember the previous year we did a maximum of, I think, 12 to 15 workshops in mm-hmm. one year over the course of seven months going from, oh, God, Frankston to 
Warwick Nabil to Wangaratta to Maui to <laughs> Shepparton uh, to various other areas as well. Um, and that was that was probably one of the best professional um, trainer experiences that I've I've had thus far, and I, I really enjoy. I not only did I enjoy the travel um, and seeing different regional centres and all this sort of stuff, but also seeing how different workplaces and different areas that work in disability address specifically mm -hmm. already without the diversity training that we provided, how they already cater for people with a disability who identify as LGBTI, LGBTIQ or T, and or TGD, um, trans and gender diverse. Okay. Um, because, yeah, with, with our cohort, you know, there's, there's a bit of... A bit of extra special care and attention needed, um, particularly if there are safety concerns around, you know, issues like coming out, coming out to family. Particularly if that family is highly conservative as well, which presents safety issues for the person with a disability. Um, but also, with that, Kai. Also, there's one of the things that concerns me too is we've had the bashings in the past of those with a difference so you'd be is there much of a, a bullying or a, a violence in that area towards people such tg people such as yourself um yeah there can be there can be especially with that extra layer of stigma attached as well um, but this is particularly when when I talk about the safety issues in regards to people with a disability accessing services and the community this is why this training is so important like someone like myself for example um, I'll use my housing journey as a great example of this so about a year and a half ago, I don't know, probably a bit less than that, I was actually living in aged care um, as a young person for over seven, eight years due to long-term illness, of which, thank heavens, I'm starting to get back on, on my metaphorical feet again, so to speak. Um, slowly but surely, I've really taken this year to slow down and recover. I think I've had to, to be honest, but, um, but yeah, sort of in the last year of that, I was actually making preparations to move into my own home because not only was I getting sick of living in that restrictive environment, it was not the sort of environment that a 30 something should be living in. You lose your spirit some in in that situation. You need to be with your own age group. You need yeah. peers around you. Yeah, yeah, sure, you can have oldies visit and whatever, but you don't need to be with older people. Yeah, and, I mean, there was aspects of it for me that was absolutely soul-destroying. Mm. You know, I saw death and dying. I saw aged care-related illness. Um, you know, the very first body I saw being carried out was the reality of where I was. Um, mm. And I think that hit me like a million tonne ton of bricks. Um, I 
was pretty much not catatonic depression, but I was bloody close for a good month and a half after mm-hmm. that. But it was with the support of a very caring nurse that helped me get out of that rut. But I suppose enduring that as someone back then who arguably, I was still unsure of myself back then. And I think that was what led to my poor health back at that point as well. Um, And the way, way, way before all of that, I was was in self-destruct mode. Yeah. Who was that nurse? Are you going to shout out to that nurse? Sorry? Are you going to shout out to the nurse? I wish I could remember her name. (laughs) Okay. I can remember the fact, I think it was Trudy, but I'm not too sure. Yeah, that's okay. Helen. 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 I remember. And she moved up to uh, the Gold Coast or Queensland somewhere, Mm. but she had the most beautiful and she trained up in mental health as well oh fantastic you know your advocacy has been so important your journey is important to all of us yeah so for an uncertain person questioning way back when and uh, had no one to talk to and and had a different name such as yours what would you you know where do you turn to first and what do you say to them i just turn to a trusted friend or a trusted professional or and because I'm I'm the sort of person that before I trust someone to divulge that sort of or even befriend someone like <laughs> call me paranoid <laughs> but I tend to have my heckles up a lot nowadays <laughs> and I I suss them out. I suss them out what about talking to your GP? I actually had a different GP at the time, and it was the GP that was was at the aged care facility. So he obviously was an, of an older generation, and he only had skills of, you know, the looking after the aged. So like he wasn't used to my kind, <laughs> you know. And when I said that I was questioning my gender, he was like. When I was asking him for the referral letter to the psychologist, he was like, oh, Kira Lee's unsure of, of her gender. Kira Lee's unsure of her gender. What is wrong with those words? Well, we, we haven't even got a chance to talk about pronouns. We might talk about that in the next part of our conversation, who we're going to be having with, with Mira and Mike, who yep. uh, is a bit of a buddy. Oh, she's a buddy of ours, a buddy of yours, and she's a buddy of a lot of people. I also think that anyone that's listening to the program can send us a message or even Kai or Merrin. They can shout out. You know, we're happy to find who who you can talk to or help you with services. Yeah. Absolutely. Happy to help. And if mm. you need to get in touch with me, um, I can definitely provide my, my contact details at the end of this post as well. That is fantastic, Kai. Thank you. All right, Kai, we will do that. Now, we've put it on you. We're going to have a bit of a track after we've finished our chat with you and before we talk to Marin. So what's the name of the track you'd like to hear? The Village by Rival. Good on you. I was actually introduced to this track, uh, the last interview we did with with Joshy as well. It's a favourite of his. And as soon as I heard this track, the lyrics are just, they hit hard. 
Good. Yeah. Have a listen to this track by Rabel, and it's been chosen by our guests who we've been having a chat with in this first half of the program today, which is all of our Transgender Awareness Week, which we're in the middle of. Yeah, we've been talking with Kai Haywood, and you're on OCRFM 98.3 here in Colmac called Community Connect. We are, aren't we, Edwina? We sure are. And we're 88.7 FM on the coast. We're also streaming live at all the W's, ocrfm.org.au, and we'll be back with you after this track. Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station.